You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another Art No Better special. Uh, tonight you're joined by myself, Jay, pod regular Carl, and our special guest this week is Leeds Live, Leeds United journalist, Baron Cross. How are you doing, Baron? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you uh, Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, not a problem. It's possibly the best podcast name on the Leeds United scene, I think. Um, well, when I first saw it, I was very, very that. impressed. Yeah, very, very good. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really well, thank you. Obviously, it's uh, an amazing time. Anybody associate with Leeds United fans, journalists, club staff. It's just a feel-good story, isn't it? So it's quite hard to uh, it is, yeah. To feel down about anything, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's, that makes a change from uh, the last few years, because we couldn't say that before. Um, how are you doing, Carl, this evening? I'm doing all right, yeah. Not too bad. Um, just got off there a little while ago. Doing. Um, we have a, a, a pod called In Off The Var. And uh, we have a, an FAI League of Ireland referee assessor uh, who comes on and, and digresses us his his knowledge on us for uh, the previous games, and he had some interesting takes on a few of the challenges there from <laughs> between Sheffield United and Man City. So that that that's an interesting one now to watch, actually. Yeah, um, but I'm good otherwise. Like good stuff. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll dive straight in, Baron, and we'll uh, just find out first who's your team. Oh, <laughs> I've actually never, ever really sort of put it out there, to be honest. I mean, my Twitter, my Twitter header does give it away a little bit. I mean, it's been hidden in plain sight for about three or four years now. I've got a soft spot for Newcastle. Okay. Um, but it, it was, I think the first tournament I remember was Euro 96. So yeah. I, was, I was like six years old then. And um, when you're six years old, all you do is just, you know, you watch it. And obviously all I took in was the fact that Shearer was just banging in everything left, right and centre. Yeah. And um, I just, my, my family's not not a football family. So I had nobody to kind of follow. There was no team to follow in the team. I grew up in Lincoln. Okay. So they were, they've sort of hung around the fourth division most of uh, most of the last 20 <laughs> years or so. So there was nothing really there to really excite me as a, as a kid. And obviously everybody, as you guys might have found, 
as a kid at school, it was just United and Liverpool absolutely everywhere. And I wasn't really in for that. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, as a, as a little kid, I was just very, very impressed by Shearer and I just followed Newcastle really. I think, um, I mean, other journalists might say the same, but when you start kind of getting into it and, and it becomes a job, it definitely changes your, your, your sort of perspective on it. It's very hard not to kind of fall in with the club that, that you're following because you want them to do well. Because if the club does well, the job's easier. It's much easier to write positive stuff than negative stuff. So I do have a massive soft spot for, for Leeds and it, it didn't really hurt that much when Leeds battered them at Ellen Road. I mean, I was there for the game and, it, and it, it didn't, that was the acid test really. It didn't really bother me too much. So I'd say a few years ago, more of a Newcastle fan, but now I'm very, very, imp- the job The job just teaches you to be impartial. It's just very, very hard to get to get uptight about any other club really. Yeah, yeah I can imagine Cause as well, because you're so invested in the club you're following, um, that you're covering, that you, you, you know, it must be hard because you're going to get to know sort of people around the club as well and you yeah. want to see them do well for them and like Absolutely. you can have sort of positive relationships with people there and want good things for the team and like Absolutely. You get the, the positive stories but it must be nice sometimes when you get something juicy to write about like some of the stuff Leeds have had in the past Jesus Christ yeah I mean it, it's we've timed it beautifully I think I mean Leeds Live started up in uh, late 2017 so for context that was Christiansen um and myself and joe muis the other guy that obviously follows leads with me for leads live we kind of came in about a week or two after heckingbottom arrived okay so we came in and it was it was a it was a great brand new website to get involved in and a massive football club to cover you know we couldn't really believe our luck to be honest and yeah. um we took it as it was you know we were very very happy to be covering championship football and then you know four four or five months later bielsa walks through the door and we just we can't believe our luck to be honest i mean we timed it beautifully i mean Anybody that's followed the club for 15, 20 years has got the short end of the store, haven't they? And um, oh, absolutely. we've just timed it beautifully. So, I mean, it's like you say, it's very, very hard not to get invested in the club. Um, you, know, you interview the players, you interview the, the head coach. I mean, everybody loves Bielsa anyway. Um, and like you say, you speak to the club staff behind the scenes and everybody is pu- pulling in the same direction. Of course, when when they do have, have defeats, it's you have to kind of be... A, it's, historically club reporters are known as sort of critical friends so you're sort of you're you're in with the club you're you're close to them you are generally friendly and you try to remain positive but as i say you are the critical friends kind of point things out when maybe the club's maybe made a bad decision because we're there to hold the club to account you know the the fans unfortunately don't have access to bielsa or kinnear or radrazani on a regular basis so we're there to ask those questions that the fans want answering and i think that's kind of the way we see it we kind of try and remove ourselves from the story and just basically act as a connector for you guys in the club really um so yeah i mean it's just it's just so much easier when when they're doing well uh, and you want them to do well like you say and i guess people at the club are more willing to talk to you when things are going well as well <laughs> well you say that i mean <laughs> it, it, the landscape has definitely changed i think you know we obviously went into to last summer um fishing in a different in a different pond shall we say yeah and um I mean, you guys have seen for following the news that that suddenly international journalists are picking up lead stories because it's, yeah. it's international footballers that we're not close to so yeah. it definitely does change where the stories come from um but yeah i mean you, you of course get perks you, you do get to hear things on the inside they do give you stuff off the record that's as a part of that relationship because yeah. at the end of the day some stuff they don't want to put out with their name on it but they want you guys they want us to put out because they want it out there you know if there's something yeah, that, yeah. that needs reporting that they wouldn't necessarily want their name on then they can use they can use journalists on the local patch yeah. um so there are, there are definitely privileges and things that you get to hear but yeah it's 
with the way the club is going, it's just changing drastically now. And like I said, they're very much on a global landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I was going to say to you sort of how's it changed from when you started covering us to, to covering now. I mean, you've, you've covered a fair bit of what I was going to ask you actually without me even needing to ask. It's, like, <laughs> it's as if I could preempt what you're going to ask me. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, compared to um, Heckingbottom and what was going on there, um, you say like Bielsa walked through the door, then it, it must have been like a step change at Leeds because yeah. it, were, it were chaos still a bit at that point. You know, I don't think that Rads had really sort of fully decided where he was going with the club and yeah. what he was doing um as a as sort of shown by that ill-fated tour of Myanmar um <laughs> but yeah everything seems to have just changed at that point um and as yeah, you say think... it must have been pretty awesome to be covering us oh. through that oh yeah I mean it's just it's just been absolutely wonderful just to be able to to watch this kind of football up close and personal every week and even with 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 Covid you know we're, we're so so lucky that a they've they've kept the football going because you can imagine the government could have quite easily said, "Look, it's just not happening. You know, why would yeah, we take the risk?" Yeah. But I think they've realised that football is needed for the for the population's sanity. Um, and obviously, then as a as a byproduct, we've been lucky enough to still go into the stadiums, and we don't take that for granted. You know, it's it's a massive, yeah. massive privilege. I mean, I can't believe that nobody's seen Rafinha in the flesh yet. Um, such travesty. Um, I mean, we all said it would be the most Leeds thing ever to get promoted, and none of us actually get to see it. <laughs> This is this is the thing, Jay. I mean, we were so lucky that we got to see the run in last season, but we just could not believe what was happening. We came off the back of that Huddersfield game uh, with the Ailing goal and absolutely flying. Five wins in the bounce, haven't conceded a goal ever since Brentford. It was just flying. Yeah. And mm. thought, God, this is going to happen. This is unbelievable. Like they're just they're getting better. You know, people like Ailing are just absolutely flying, scoring every week. And then, of course, it all happened so quickly, didn't it? I mean, it just yeah. from I think I remember Arteta got COVID, didn't he? And that was kind of the big, the big trigger point where they yeah. were like, "Well, we just need to stop this." You know, if yeah, that was it. It's it? more than just club staff; it's big names that are, that are getting it. We've got to really sort out what we're doing here. And um, and like you say, even even us covering it, we like we cannot believe that after 16 years, Leeds are finally going to do it. And there's no fans. You just mm, why can't it just be perfect for Leeds? Why can't Leeds just have to have their day? Yeah, it's just it's just so painful. And then to have again, there's then more and more memories from this season. You know, we talked about the Newcastle game. You, of course, Saturday. I mean, imagine the away end on Saturday. Can wow. I can't imagine oh, it? Yeah. Just yeah. and it was at the right end as well. Dallas scored. That's where yeah. the away fans would have been. It was, it was just been perfect. people on the pitch falling over the barriers. Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> It would have just been so, pandemonium. Yeah, Carried so it. it's just it's just such such a Leeds thing that's happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, we we was when we came in, like I say, it was hecking bottom, and we were still sort of getting our feet under the table and trying to sort of ascertain what Rafasani's motivations were. And mm. yeah, I mean, thankfully, there's that well documented conversation in the taxi with with Victor, and he said, you know, if anybody in the world money no object, who do you want? And from then onwards, it's just it's just changed, hasn't it? I mean, even that first year with Orta, there was a lot of bad transfers, wasn't there? You know, Wassy yeah, Boy is still on the books now. Yeah. Joey Glott's only just gone. There's there's many others like that. So I think what? they were still obviously finding their feet, weren't they, with Christiansen? Um, what was his name? Uh, uh, the Bok. Yeah, he's, he's still on the books. He's still on the books. I think. I think the club he's on loan to have got an, an option or an obligation to buy, so I think he'll have gone in the summer as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just changed drastically. I mean, since Bielsa's come in, uh, apart from the division, it obviously uh, the whole point of Bielsa is he doesn't change things, does he? Once he's in no, and no. he makes changes, it's very much been sort of as you were throughout. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a feel good, happy place. Uh, I can't imagine what it must have been like to cover them in League One. I mean, it's just, <laughs> kind of uh, head around you it. You can't imagine good, what it's like to walk them in League One. Did um, just a quick one on 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 that. Uh, I are you kind of annoyed in a way that you you missed out on reporting on some of the craziness that was Mart- uh, Massimo? Yeah, it's a great, great, great question. I think um, you obviously were very, very close to, to people like Phil and Popey who were on the front line for, for many, many years and got to cover all that stuff. And mm. as a journalist, you do absolutely lap it up. I mean, that's the stuff that you, you die for. Like you say, I mean, it's juicy enough as it is for the last three or four years with various stuff that's happened. But I mean, obviously, as a, as a football fan, I, I always read about Leeds and read about Chilino and the stuff that was going on and the the frequency of changes in manager and even as a fan from afar, I could not believe what was happening. And yeah, I mean, to, 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 to have been covering the club at that time, I mean, Phil getting calls from Chilino at like stupid o'clock in the morning. I was going to say, didn't you get like texts in the early hours all the time? I mean, we we couldn't imagine that now with Rajasani messaging us at two in the morning and giving us (laughs) chapter and verse on a juicy story. So, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse really, because I'm sure Phil and his family, got sick of it because he would he sure. must have been working 60 hour weeks just to keep on top of everything that was going on but yeah i mean as a journalist it's what you live for it's what you get in the industry for absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Good old it, just, from, just from being a fan like just some of the mental stuff that you, that we went through as fans like high tax and all sorts <laughs> of and you're like are you absolutely sure you should be doing this? Like, you know, I'd like, I'm all for cutting costs and getting the club on a level playing field, but Jesus, the players are bringing in sandwiches. It's like, <laughs> what the hell is going cooked, on? You know, cooked pasta for them all, didn't you, one day? Oh, apparently. It's like, I make the best pasta that will make you win the game. And it's like, <laughs> no, sir. I, I'm no, gonna, sir. I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do, lads. We need to sort of boost morale around here. So I'm going to shut the training ground kitchens. You're going to wash your own kits. Yeah. I want you in at six AM every day with it's like, sandwiches. It's, it, it, it's what COVID's like, but without without COVID. I mean, that's what that's the sort of stuff you have to do now. I mean, there's there's so, everything's closed. The players have to have to turn up in their kit, go home in their kit. Mm. Um, it's almost like that, but without the excuse. Just, yeah. I was going to say at least it's not because of a madman this time, but it's because of Boris Johnson. So <laughs> this is we're, we're all going like to that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're all country. Um, um, yeah, cool. Um, I think Carl's got some stuff he's going to fire at you now. Nice one. So, um, just a, a little bit more about yourself. How did you end up like going down to Devon? How, like, <laughs> you, you're originally from Lincoln, right? Yeah, well, I was born um, in Donny, of all places. So, I'm, I'm a South right? Yorkshire boy originally and um, okay. moved to Lincoln just with family. I can't remember why. I think parents had a job or something. So, we moved to Lincoln as kids four or five. So I've not really got a massive attachment to Donny, to be honest. Link, I'm Lincoln is pretty much where I sort of consider myself from. Family still lives there. Probably for the best, to be honest. I used to work. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then obviously went through school and, and university and obviously decided I wanted to be a journalist, obviously a massive football fan, wasn't too bad at writing. And I thought it was a good way of combining it. And long, long term as a kid, I wanted to be a commentator. And back in the day, people like Motson kind of started as, as newspaper journalists. So back in the day, I thought that was kind of the sort of traditional route, going to newspapers and then try and jump onto the broadcast train somehow. And um, yeah, in the end, I mean, it's such a competitive industry that you basically take what you can get just to get a foot in the door. You know, you need various qualifications. And um, and in the end, I took a news job 
in Swindon of all places, which again is not glamorous at all, but so newsy. I mean, you can't imagine the crimes committed really? in Swindon. I mean, proper, a lot of stuff going on in Swindon. I mean, it's it's only an hour down the road from London. So all of the drugs end up in Swindon. It's just it's just havoc. But it was a great, great oh. first job for me in my early 20s. I didn't know, I, it, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know it was like a crime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good little, good, good little news patch. And it was a daily paper as well, which is, which is quite a big thing when you're sort of having yeah. to turn out three or four stories every single day to fill six papers a week. Yeah. And um, as I say, it was just to get a foot in the door, really, and just to get into the industry with, with the long-term aim of getting into sport. Okay. And, then, and then a job came up in Plymouth. And I kind of thought, well... There's not a lot of jobs that come up in in sports journalism, and um, again, it was a bit of a step up. It was um, at the time Argyle were, a, I think they were League Two, um, mm-hmm. so it was worth. It, it, I mean, for context, I'd been doing news in Swindon for two and a half years. I was desperate to get out, and and it was a chance to go and cover football week in week out. So I took the job down there, and I was saying to somebody the other day that once you're down there, it's lovely. Obviously, you've got Cornwall on your doorstep. Um, everything it's a city it's got everything you need but it's just getting there it's so far away from everything I mean you get to Exeter and you've got another hour Um, but I mean it it was it was an amazing experience you know I didn't I didn't have a didn't have a kid at that point I had my partner but we're basically following Argyle up and down the country they won promotion they drew they drew away at Liverpool um, in the FA Cup took them back to home park in Plymouth I mean all these little things Uh, got promoted to League One and just going up and down the country, it was just an amazing experience to have that first taste of following a club home and away. Yeah, that's um, really cool. So that was why I ended up in Devon. And then, of course, Leeds Live got created by the same company that I was already working for. Right. And um, yeah, you don't need me to, to spell out why I decided to try and go for a job in Leeds, covering Leeds United, compared to uh, a struggle in Plymouth Argyle and League One. So, that's yeah, cool. that was how it happened, basically. It was just basically... A career move just to try and to move forward and get into sports journalism really and and in the end i think what i did down there is, is what landed me the job in leeds you must have been knackered all the time going to any games basically for oh. plymouth because everything's so yeah. far away yeah, loads of the own, yeah exactly well yeah i mean that was the thing exeter was the the devon derby and that was the nearest match and that was an hour and then when when exeter weren't in the league anymore bristol was the nearest and that was two hours the nearest Jesus away Christ. game was two hours so four That's hour insane. round trip um, but yeah, I mean, again, it was just it was just the great fun, character building, a lot of overnight stays, you know, staying in the hotels. It just adds to the kind of the weekend event. You, know, you go up on a Friday, stay over, do the game, come back late Saturday, and it's just meant that any any long trips now are nothing to me. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I, ironically, I remember I was going to Bradford. I mean, and that was the longest Bradford away, and now it's twenty minutes down the road. I mean, it's just it's quite strange how we went from ten hour round trip to Bradford to, to, to twenty minutes. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I've got no regrets. It was, it was, it's why I'm here now. To be honest, it's an absolute privilege to do what I do to to be able to get paid to go and watch Leeds play. So, it, it it's great fun. But you know, it's not easy. Anybody that gets gets to where they are in the in the job, it is it's not easy at all. You have to graft. Anybody that you see that's full time, they've had to do a lot of hard yards to get to where they are. Uh, right. So you had some questions you were going to ask, Carl. Um, I did. You, I you did. asked about the Devon move and stuff. So. Got some other yeah. Stuff you can go how um, how did you end up uh, working for the Mirror, and um, also why why do people at the Mirror um, tend to write such stories like they write? Can you give us an insight into that? I would I would I would love to say I did work uh, professionally and full time for Mirror, but it was it was work experience. Um, okay. So it was it was going over there and doing 
two or three nights a week. Um, but so I can't say that I've ever been a full-time employee of the mirror. Um, but right. you know, I get completely the reputation that the red tops have. I mean, the sun, especially. Mm. Um, but I think professionally when you're in the industry, especially at the age that I was putting a national newspaper on your, on your CV is a big deal in it. Oh, it definitely man. just, yeah. just shows that you've had a bit of initiative to get out there and actually speak to some of the, the biggest, biggest places in the country. So, um, no, I would love to say I was full time at the mirror, but it was, it was, it was nothing more than, than a few work experience stints. Well, you met better not than us and, uh, Got some experience, so you can't absolutely, mate. Yeah, can't argue with that, can you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, just uh, I'd like to ask about summer targets. Have you got any inside info for us? <laughs> they they're very very cautious on on what they're they're feeding us at the moment. I think from what we're told, there's definitely going to be three or four, if not five, that they they would like to bring in. Oh, okay. Um. We spoke. We, we did speak to Angus um, before the January window, and 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 he told us that the way they were looking to go was they'd spent the money they'd spent um, last summer. Obviously, a very very sizable investment, even with Premier League money, because because they didn't want to then be spending that money every single window thereafter. You know, those players are are there to stay for several years now. They're all either in their prime or approaching their prime. So I don't think we'll see the same level of investment this summer. I don't really. I'd be amazed if anybody thinks that they really need it. I mean, look at where they are on the table. They, I mean, you look at Marcelo's comments after the City game, and yeah, even if we're not thinking it, he is definitely looking at how high they can go. I mean, you can't write anything off in his mind. I mean, you know what he's like. He wants to win every game, but of course he does. That's why he, love him. He's not writing anything off. I mean, I won't mention the e word, but he is not. <laughs> he's not writing anything off. So I think. I have an outrageous bet on and I'm really hoping this year is the year that the bet starts to just God, come to fruition. Can you imagine? Oof, um, telling you. Yeah, so I mean, it, uh, the, the squad doesn't need a revolution, does it? it? It needs three or four here or there. I mean, even people like Dallas. I mean, I've done a few pieces this week on Dallas and the way he's playing now. I mean, it, it, it's hard to imagine people purposefully wanting to replace Stuart Dallas. I mean, he's playing that well. He's, oh, God, yeah. I, I didn't really like him much as a centre mid in the championship, but this season he's just, it's its phenomenal how dynamic he is and he's just everywhere and he's everything you need. And just as, as click has dropped off, Dallas has just filled that hole amazingly. And I think every time we do a piece on the team news, it's basically where do you need Dallas most? Because you wish you could yeah. have five or six Dallases across the team playing in three or four different positions. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. It's hard to imagine people like Dallas, you know, getting axed and pushed out of the way. I think competition for places is healthy. I think Cooper has said that. We've seen it with the centre backs. I mean, mm. the centre backs right now is a perfect example of, of probably the type of competition they want across the team because on any given week you could see two different options in, in any one position. So, yeah. I think um, you know, a left back's an obvious one. I think is widely discussed now, even though Dallas is really competent there. I think mm. a natural left footed left back is is certainly. One they'll be looking at, I think centre-backs are obviously fine. Ailing is is more than good enough at right-back. And, of course, you've got Shackleton and Dallas um, as backups where needed. Mr. Central defensive midfield, of course. I think Calvin, of course. I mean, that, that remains the problem, doesn't it? When Calvin doesn't play, we just really can't solve it. And, yeah. again, you, you read what Bielsa's been saying in recent weeks, and, and every opportunity he gets, he says that Cock and Llorente can play there. And I just wonder whether he... I don't know. I don't think he overthinks transfers and the way fans think about transfers, but 
clearly he's very very happy to play them there if he needs to but yeah i think they do just just as a body they need somebody that's more than good enough to come in there and, and play back up to calvin um which isn't easy you know it's it, i mean i think the great analogy is is what spurs are doing with kane that how long have they how hard have they found it for many years to find somebody that's good enough to come in and is happy to basically say okay yeah i'll play five percent of the season because kane's gonna play the other 95 percent. so i was thinking that you need somebody who is either young enough to accept it or somebody who's good enough to start elsewhere in the team but can then drop back when they need to so i.e a centre mid, a number eight that can maybe come in good enough to start, but can then drop in when they need to. Um, Bamford and Rodrigo are up top. I think I think that doesn't really need messing with, especially if you're going to get another ten. Then and you can if you're going to class Rodrigo as a striker, and when it comes to a squad depth chart, then you de- that means you need even more bodies in centre mid. Yeah. And out wide, I think they'll, they're okay. I mean, clearly Pavada is well liked. Rafinha is is a god. Um, Harrison is Harrison is going to get signed permanently in the summer. That's pretty much done. And then Costa is the other one. Again, wrote a piece this morning on Costa, and he did, did pretty well at City. But I think the yeah. jury is probably still out on the balance of an entire season. And of course, he he wasn't really pulling up trees at Wolves in the Premier League. So, I mean, it's our job to to look into things and and to to write about stuff that's probably and just just maybe exaggerate not exaggerate but kind of look into things and over over analyze is probably the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah. And yeah. um, Costa's, Costa might well be safe. I mean, he's got another three years on his contract. For all we know, Bielsa and Arthur are really happy with him. And you know, he just stays and, and the out-wide positions are, are covered. So, yeah, three or four, I would think. But but nothing as big as last summer, I would think. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see... Uh, I think if Bielsa didn't rate Costa as highly as he does, I think he would have started Paveda, perhaps, against City. But I think it just yeah. shows that he does have confidence in him to be able to go out and perform in a game when he needs to, you know. Yeah, Bielsa, so maybe I mean, maybe that's a good sign. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys, I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, Marcelo's faith in players is incredible, isn't it? I mean, he's so yeah. patient. Yeah, this is this is why yeah. they run through walls for him because yeah, even Alioski on Saturday, I really thought Alioski was going to drop out. I thought they'd, they'd put Dallas in there, bring Click in, and then play either. Alioski or Costa out wide and he's played Alioski at left back again in a, in a high pressure position mm. um, but yeah with, with with Costa I mean I think Paveda's injury was so badly timed wasn't it I mean he, he did his ankle in that game yeah. in January with the 23s and just as Harrison and Costa were, were struggling to kind of make the position their own you thought Paveda yeah. if he'd just been fit he'd have gone in and he might never have lost his place so I think he's still just trying to fight find some fitness with the 23s I expect he'll play on on Friday with the 23s. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a good talent. I like Paveda as a, you know, he's, his attitude is right. He's, you know, like at the start of the season, or was it last year, I don't know, a young fella came in with a Gucci wash bag and flash watch <laughs> and all this kind of jazz. And one of the senior players, I don't know if it was Paveda now, I'm just, you know, but it's good it to wasn't. see Paveda. I, 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 I won't say who it was, but it wasn't Paveda. Okay. Right, well, it's, good, it, it's good to see Paveda's kind of taking that on board and he's not you know he's not super flash he comes across a very nice lad and that's always a good sign for a player looking to develop under like a bs yeah. type manager like and i know exactly what you mean as well like pervader came in from city of course it, very very easy for young lads to go into city and and get too much too young and it was easy to make that assumption but f- from what we're here I and mean, the people we speak to he's been brilliant you know he, he buys into it he's worked hard of course you'll remember he came in at the same time as augustine and he didn't make his debut until until after lockdown. 
he, his debut was was the Cardiff game, wasn't it? The first game after after the restart. So he had to wait all those months, didn't get a look in through February and March. So yeah. he's had to wait and graft hard and do the integration that Bielsa likes to see. But every every time Bielsa talks about him now, he he, he waxes lyrical about him. He does, doesn't he? It's 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 great to see, like, because like he's still a young lad, and yeah. the fact that the manager is already talking like that about him, it 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 means good things for him, in my opinion. Like, absolutely, I think that Man yeah. City bit there segues us nicely into our uh, next one, Carl. Do you think are they going to start uh, keep building on on what they're doing with the under twenty threes, or are they going to kind of relax on that now because they've they've got like a quite a good core base for? Like a youth youth side, there. Do you think is is will there be much spending now? I think it, I think it, I think it remains. It's very opportunistic. I think as as we saw with Gelhar, I think that was very much unfortunately for Wigan. In case of Wigan were in administration and they had to take what they could get, and as I'm sure we'll find out in the years ahead, Gelhar may well be the best bet business of the club has as done in the last twenty years, if not ever, because he just looks oh, absolutely outrageous. Very very good player. Um, so I think I think they will have irons in the fire. I mean, the beauty of the twenty threes is that they're not expensive uh, at that level. You know, I think Dramay came in for for less than less than two million, maybe around the, the one million pound mark. I mean, the beauty of those moves is that they've they've all got kind of add-ons and things, and it all depends on how well they do. And I'm sure when when Dramay plays for the first team, Fulham will get a bit more money. So yeah. I think they will always look at it. I think it'll always be on the back burner compared to the. The first team stuff, they've got Craig Dean, who's the, the head of emerging talent at the club. He's very much the guy that's tasked with basically watching PL2, the other clubs around them that, that Leeds are, of course, now playing against and picking up the best of, of the other clubs, to be honest, because now they've got Category 1 status. They do have a lot more clout and they can yeah. go into some of these clubs and, and throw a bit more weight around because of basically the quality of facility they've got and they can offer these players. And of course, the FA in England want all their best young players to get as great a education and coaching as possible. So they will always be looking at that. I don't think that will ever stop because okay. if a massive opportunity comes up for a 17 or 16-year-old, they're going to go for it. Uh, in terms of their sort of progression, I don't think anybody jumps out to me immediately as they're going to be sort of in the first team next year. You know, I think I think we all love the idea of an 18-year-old coming in and, and doing a Wayne Rooney or doing a, doing a Michael Owen and just setting the world on fire. I just, I can't see that just yet. I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Marcelo, isn't it? I mean, look at the faith he's yeah. got in those those youngsters. Um, yeah. He runs with a very, very small first-team squad. And so, as we've seen on the bench, you know, Gelhart was on the bench at, um, uh, at City because Rodrigo was out, wasn't he? So even even this weekend, Gelhart was in the squad. Um, so I, I suppose it depends on how many injuries they get. I mean, if they have an absolute crisis, then you might see one or two more of them. But I wouldn't say that they're going to say sell three or four of the the senior lads now this summer and then replace yeah. them with the kids. It, they'd be replaced with with other senior ready to go players. I think you you look at people like Leif Davis that maybe could have could have gone out on loan but stuck around because Douglas went out on loan, so they, they basically yeah. needed the cover. And Davis just hasn't played much this year, has he? And I think no. they will be very, yeah. very wary of player development because the players need to play football and there's only so much they can get from from PL2. So obviously McCalmont yeah, and Gotts, Edmondson, they've all gone out on loan, haven't they? Um, yeah. So I do wonder that maybe with their first year under their belts, whether Gail Hart and Greenwood might well get, get given a year away. But Bielsa's yeah. so hands-on, isn't he? I mean, Bielsa, yeah. he might well think that his education is better than any any loan clubs. 
we've had that discussion yeah. on the pod a few times um, where we've sort of talked about whether um, PL2 is really good enough to develop players for first team football or not because um, like Carl you used to do coaching and stuff didn't you um, with sort of Leeds ladies yeah. and stuff so he knows a bit more than I do about sort of what players need and stuff but um, we've got a sort of running debate about whether that kind of football prepares them or not um, and we're not sure whether the players who've been sent out on loan to sort of League One, League Two clubs, whether that's because the club does see them as um, potential future first team players, so they want them to get that experience, or whether the club doesn't see them as players they're going to use, so they've sent them yeah. elsewhere. It's a great question and definitely one that we think about as well, because um, we obviously all felt that got some of Carmont, etc. with with the best of, of last year's yeah, crop exactly. and, and the year before that and you kind of do think that well maybe they've gone out alone because they do want them to come back and, and feature. But I mean you look at the level Lou are playing at now, you know, this isn't this isn't a mid table championship club. You know, this is a team that's that's established as a mid table Premier League team, may even finish comfortably in the top half of this season, let alone next season when they want to kick on again. You need to be a very, very good footballer to play regularly for the first team now the bar is so high and you need if, if you want to make it as a 19 or 20 year old you need to be exceptional and you know effectively playing for England's under 21s or playing for a, mm. a bit like Melier you know Melier is in France's under 21 squad I mean that's that's how good you've got to be yeah to even be considered as a as I mean a, I guess the sort of team now playing in the Premier League means that that step from under 23 is tougher yeah. team has Massive. become that much harder and Massive, that yeah. bigger step for those players now, I guess. They'll be, be watching them closely, won't they? They'll be watching them closely. Marcelo said a few times, you know, you know what he's like. He's so thorough. He watch he'll watch every 90 minutes that Robbie Gotts plays and he'll be watching him and making yeah, decisions yeah. on him. And you have to just trust him, don't we? I mean the beauty of Bielsa is you can trust his decisions completely because you know he's not rushed into anything and you know he's made decisions with the right uh, motivations. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he knows who he's going to keep already and who he's going to Sent yeah. out the road, but that kind yeah, of brings us on to uh, the next question that I have. Um, any indication from any of the hierarchy or the manager or anything like that, or anything that you've heard in the grapevine, who's out the door uh, in the summer to make room for maybe these new signings you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that we're all having to kind of think about because Marcelo doesn't run with a big squad, does he? So if you want new mm. faces coming in, then, then faces have got to go. So there's, def- there's, there's a contract offer on the table for Alioski. That's been on the table for several weeks now and it hasn't been signed yet. So Is it good enough to sign? We don't know. We, 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 oh, okay. we can't be party to, to how much money he'll be offered. But I'm sure, in my own opinion, Victor will know what his worth is and he will know yeah. where he's going to figure and, and how much somebody of his quality deserves to be paid in the grand scheme of things compared to other players in the squad. Because yeah. when everybody's fit... I don't think anybody would, would start Alioski with a fully fit Leeds team. So yeah, I think, I think right. and if you're looking to strengthen again in the summer, realistically, he's a bit part player, isn't he? He's going to be somebody that you bring in off the bench for fresh legs for the last 20 minutes or so at best un, mm. you know, until injuries hit. And as we know, it's a squad game and obviously injuries will always happen. So he will play a bit. But yeah, I, I, I'm assuming there'll be a pay rise of some description just, just based on what he signed He'll have obviously had an, an inflation in wages with promotion, yeah. but I'm sure there'll then be another rise on top of that with this new contract. But I, I wouldn't know how competitive it is in, in the grand scheme of things in world football and what he's been offered elsewhere. But given it's now mid-April, 
the contract runs out in two and a half months. He still hasn't signed with Leeds. Mm. It's his prerogative, you know. This is going to be his last big contract of his career. He's yeah. got his family to think yeah, about. Absolutely. He's got future generations to think about. You have to take the emotion out of it, and and he's got to think that he's not going to be a footballer for another ten years. He's got what is he's he's just turned thirty, is he? So he's got three or four years of high level football left before he then maybe winds down back in his homeland. So Imagine he's got to think about his family. Manager. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> You would you would think, given that it's now mid-April, he surely looks looks more likely than not to be moving on. So he's an obvious one that mm. that creates a gap. Um, obviously, the centre backs are all fine. Um, Kassir is one that we seem to debate every summer. Yeah, um, that was my next one. Yeah, are we going to cut our losses with him or what's the crack? Just, I'm, 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 I'm not saying it from a point of view of what happened. Just yeah, uh, yeah, because he's not featuring like you know, oh, yeah, he's, that he's, hasn't happened and he's fallen out of the team. He's not putting Melia any pressure on Melia, is he? No. Why? Why? Uh, why are we paying all that money for somebody that's not yeah, player? Very, very true. And unfortunately, he's on a still fairly long contract, so I think it's got to be a mutual thing. And and surely, in his mid thirties, he hasn't settled. You know, he, the fans have not taken to him, uh, even off the pitch activities aside. Um, yeah. And you just think, like, surely for his own mental health, he wants to just go back to go back to Spain, enjoy the weather, enjoy your family, and just and play regularly for a play a football, Spanish yeah. Division club, yeah. Rather than you just, think... it's, it's a bit like the issue with Pablo, isn't it? Which I'm sure we'll get onto. Is that do you really want to spend your final few years of a of a a one off football career just sat on the bench, at mm. a place where you know the fans aren't really keen on you? So, I mean, I'm amazed he signed on. Um, the summer just gone. I'm, I, I mean. Well, not signed on, he was under contract, but you know, what I mean, I'm amazed that there wasn't more done to try and move him on. But, um, he also, as we know, yeah, Kiko, yeah, sorry, not Pablo, yeah, Kiko. Um, don't worry, I mean, oh no, yeah, yeah, definitely Kiko. Um, but as we've seen, Marcelo has been absolutely forthright in the way he's defended him to his, mm. you know, to a fault almost. He, he's defended him to a fault at times, so clearly, there's no issue there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's clearly no issue there. Marcelo is definitely not pushing Kiko out of the door. It's going to have to come down to Kiko and Victor to have some sort of conversation about what happens and whether there's interest. You know, we talked about Alioski and his contract. Kiko's in a decent contract. He's got his family to think about. You know, he's not going to jump ship and, and walk away from a very lucrative contract unless he's getting similar or maybe a touch less for regular football take elsewhere. Half wage somewhere, is it? So he, he's he's another one, but again, whoever you bring in wouldn't come in and replace Melier. You look at somebody who's at, at best at an equal level and can really push him and put him yeah. under proper pressure and and maybe even take the shirt off him when he drops out of form. Yeah, um, we talked about right back. I think that's fine. That's all sorted. Um, defensive midfield, there's nobody really to move out, is there? Um, and then you're getting onto the likes of Costa, and then and then Hernandez maybe. I mean. I can't see the likes of Click moving on. I think, if anything, no. he might even well sign sign another deal at some point. I think he's got more than enough credit in the bank to for us to understand that it's just yeah, it's just a very so. short term blip for him. And I think he's yeah. he's not even as a squad player, he's very very dependable. So I think yeah, I mean the, the other two. I mean Alioski looks fairly clear cut. I think Casilla is going to come. I mean I don't think any of the fans would be too surprised if Casilla went. And then the other two are, are probably mm-hmm. like say Costa and Pablo and and the decisions need to be made on them. Mm. Um, just a quick one on uh, the, the goalkeeper scenario if uh, we do kind of get Kiko to mutually agree to leave I suppose is the way to do it really Like, but there's rumours of uh, Johnson from uh, West Brom is there any any you know any concrete 
story there that that you can maybe fill us in on. Uh, yeah, Sam not, Johnson, the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, it's not a name that's 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 come through to me from anywhere. I okay. think he's obviously very very steady with West Brom for now. I think mm. he's clearly it's a classic case of a good goalkeeper in a bad team, isn't it? Because he makes so many saves. You know, another clean sheet at yeah. the weekend. I think yeah, West Brom are going to go down. I think we all know that. Um, so I'm sure somebody will look at him. I mean, maybe even the teams coming up may look at him. Yeah. But um, he's not somebody that, that's that's come to my attention on the Leeds beat. Do you think Rodrigo's right, no, just safe? Do I think Rodrigo's safe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, did you wants... see the Instagram post? The Instagram yeah. post that he put out? I mean, that was that Rumors was brilliant. Rumours keep going, but yeah. I love it. Don't you just love it, though? The clarity. It just nips it in the bud straight away because we can report what we can, but you can't beat hearing it from the horse's mouth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just stops it dead completely. I think he was really, really upset with with the way that that all came out. I think it came from a a Spanish gossip column uh, originally, and then and then the son of all people picked it up, and then of course it gained traction over here. And I think quite rightly, he just thought, yeah, I'm just sick of this. I mean, unfortunately, players shouldn't have to come out and 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 um, dispute any any lies because. People shouldn't lie in the media. You know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't write mistruths, and players shouldn't have to then come out and say this is a lie. You know, you, people like us should do our jobs well and make sure that what we write is accurate. So Absolutely. it was a sh- it was a shame he had to do that, but I'm pleased he did because it, it gave it showed everybody that it's it's a non-story. Yeah, I think most of us are pleased he did. To be fair, it was nice to see that. It's nice to get a bit of passion from players, especially. Oh yeah, he, he loves it. Like yeah. that, you know, Everything you we hear, think, he might think yeah. this is shit here. I've had enough of this. People are giving me hassle and. But no, yeah. none of that. Everything we hear, he loves it here. You know, he is he's settled in really, really well. I think, like you say, it's very easy to kind of assume it's a Spanish international record sign and a bit of an mm-hmm. ego, but he really hasn't. You know, we we got to do an interview with him a day or two after he signed. He was still in Spain and we did it on Zoom. Oh, yeah. And it was just amazing. Like what a guy. He was so so upbeat and happy to talk to us. We're just a regional press in West Yorkshire and he was happy to talk to us. You know, he, he wasn't yeah. keen to get off the call. There was no hangers-on. There was no, um, no mediators kind of telling him what, what to say and what not to say. It was just, so, he was such a lovely bloke and that my opinion of him has not changed. You know, every single time you see him, he's got a smile on his face, fits him all with the group. Every, every interview that Cooper does, he says that there's no bad egos in the group. I completely believe that. Um, so yeah. I think he's he's here for the long haul. You know, he's not he's not come here for one year and he's going to leave. He's he's here to make a make, make a success of it. All right, cool. It's, it's, good it's to nice know. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's kind yeah. of reassuring, you know. Yeah, you hear, he's a really like nice you said, guy. You hear a lot of stuff like, and it it can get a bit tedious at times, like you know. Mm. Yeah, it can. So um, we we're going to say, have you heard any kind of rumblings about possible future investment this summer? Anyone else sort of wanting to? get involved in the club, um, especially given like this season's success? Yeah, I think I think the 49ers stuff is, is probably quite in that all down. I think mm-hmm. before the second uh, batch of, of investment that came obviously earlier this year from from San Francisco, I think there was always that possibility that somebody may well swoop in whilst the 49ers had such a small stake. And Andrea, you know, he's an enterprising businessman. He's never going to close the door on investment. He's always open to people helping, and I think I think the the top brass at the club, the hierarchy, they've always said that they're they're anybody that's willing to come in and help the club move forward mm. is welcome to at least get in yeah. touch. I think Andrea said a few times that he gets many, many, many offers of varying quality, um, yeah, almost almost on a weekly basis. 
But um, no, I think that the 49er stuff is very, very real. You know, of course, they've now got the vice chairman in Parag Marath, who again is another very, very impressive guy. We've spoken to him a few times. Very, very yeah. impressive. Knows his stuff. He hasn't got to where he is by being an idiot. You know, he's yeah, and he's very, very serious and, 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 and importantly ambitious, very ambitious, which I think is why this summer there will be more investment because they're not messing about. You know, they Promotion was very much just base camp in the words of, of Kinnear promotion was not the end of the journey that was basically getting back to almost like a well not even level par because Alter yeah. has said a few times that level par is Champions League football isn't it because that's where the club was at the turn of the century so yeah absolutely they're not they're not messing about and I think the 49ers are a very very good organisation to be in bed with but um, yeah. I think if, if, you, if you're angling at QSI stuff then no I wouldn't wouldn't expect anything like that cool it's, it's, it's good to see um, with the 49ers that they They've invested in a new stadium for themselves. That Levi Stadium, you can do a virtual oh, tour yeah. of it online. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow, like absolutely unreal. And if they Couple can put half of that effort yeah. into just even redeveloping Ellen Road and having it to even that standard, we're in for an absolute mental ride yeah. altogether. Like Very ambitious people. With those, um, mm. those NFL stadiums. Just, yeah, proper, proper organisation. Is that Mercedes uh, Stadium? Is it in Arizona or Atlanta? Where the, the dome just closes like that. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus, it's mad, <laughs> mad. I don't think we'll be getting uh, that, Elendra, at any time soon, Cal. No, no, I don't, no. don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I won't be disappointed. I like the open air stuff anyway. It's better. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, um, did you apply for Phil Hayes' old job? <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. I think. Um, we attempted. <laughs> I think Leeds Live is really, really good. Like we're really, really happy with with what with what's going on there. I think it's it's a really good website. I think it's really easy to for people to read. I think it's set out really well. We've got good bosses. There's nobody kind of pushing us to to, to chase after clickbait. I think you'll always get accused of it in the modern age because if you haven't got a subscription model like the Athletic, then you are almost unfortunately you're always got page views on your mind and you've always got yeah. you, you need to kind of engage people and you need to engage them with quality content and i think that's what they've always pushed with us is that you get the readers and you get the views by putting out good stuff that people want to read so um it's been a really really good place to work i think mm. a lot of us were surprised when when phil um decided to move on from the yup and go to the athletic but yeah you know we obviously we hear in the grapevine what the athletic are doing and when you hear about what's going on there, it's it's no massive surprise when you actually understand what's on the table there and what they're looking to do. And I think, yeah. you know, in, in defence of Phil, you know, he's doing what a lot of us want to do in that he's now having to write less but better quality and he's getting the yeah. time to go out and get the interviews yeah. that we'd all love to have the time to do. But unfortunately, you know, when, when what you're doing is free to read on the internet, you just haven't got the time to go away for two or three days at a time and go and chase people. I mean, especially before COVID when you might have had the chance with Athletic to go abroad. You see a lot of amazing stuff where they go abroad to, to meet people face to face. They just, you yeah. just don't have the time for that. So I, I can see why he made, made the move, but, but I didn't apply for, for his job now. We're very, very happy at, um, okay. at Leeds Live. How do you find the whole sort of Leeds United Twitter environment? It's it's insane. It's either like we, we're going to the Champions League or we're getting relegated depending on the last game and, just people are crackers. They're bonkers, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's it, it's a community that you definitely enjoy engaging with. I think you do get a lot back from people. I think you can have you can have conversations, however friendly, 
or antagonistic with whoever you like for as long as you want. <laughs> so I think we would never say that we were unhappy about having an engaged fan base. I think it makes our jobs a lot easier knowing that people want to read stuff. They want to hear yeah. information. They, they want to, to read your opinion on stuff. Um, I think a lot of football writers in the country don't get that. You know, we have a lot of people that are colleagues on sister websites and sister papers who don't get anywhere near the kind of interaction we get because we're so blessed to have such a, a massive and passionate fan base to write for. Absolutely. So t- Twitter is definitely something that you, you should log out of at times, uh, especially after defeats. Um, I think because it's, I mean, because it's our job, you know, it's obviously very, very intense. You know, you're on it more than eight hours every single day. Um, the evenings you try and have with your family. So you do try and sort of bug out a little bit in the evenings. Mm. But, um, but yeah, during the games, I mean, especially on, on days like Saturday, it's just, it's just amazing because everybody just wants to just talk about it and talk about how brilliant it is. And I love getting into a debate with a few people on, on, when was the last time they got a better result than Saturday? And you know, I think yeah. there was various theories on maybe Old Trafford or the Champions League days, you know, Deportivo or, or the San Siro, uh, maybe even further back than that. I think I think there's obviously various scales. I think Swansea away last year was obviously better for different reasons, but in terms of a one-off 90-minute football game, the context of who you're playing, the fact you've had a man sent off, yeah. and the four, I mean, they'd lost. I think they'd won 27 of their previous 28 games. Just doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, that's right, doesn't yeah. happen. Just amazing. It's just amazing. It I mean, like like you say, it just make it just makes you miss the fans even more. Instead, that's the, yeah. that's the big thing. We just miss the fans. So even on losses or draws, you just miss the fans so much. Like the, the city game at Ellen Road, Leeds would have won that with a full stadium. They they were yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. They were so yeah. close to winning it anyway. If they'd had thirty five thousand in there roaring them on, they'd have won that game. I mean, there's just I'm little things like that yeah. that you really miss. Absolutely, yeah. and players who break confidence from the cr- the crowd you know they're, they're just like they're missing that and i think that probably affects click a little bit and he's a crowd junkie know, that guy man he's true, a yeah. crowd a junkie. you know yeah. i can't wait to get back there and it's it's coming guys it's it's coming not far now yeah not long to go that's it not yeah, far yeah, at all yeah. Be all, right. all right cool <laughs> uh well it's it's been a really awesome chat this baron um what yeah appreciate longer. it um Really it's flown by. I can't on. believe I've been on nearly an hour. So I know. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. If, I'm sorry if you had more questions for me. Hopefully, I've, uh, I've given you a bit of insight into the job and how lucky we are. Yeah, it's been oh, awesome. No, it's yeah, been it's, really, it's really good. Class. Actually, I mean, I, I didn't know how much thought you'd be able to give us, but it's been fantastic. To be fair, I've really enjoyed it. It's just nice talking about Leeds, isn't it? As we said, it's just an amazing time to be involved with the club. Yeah, um, you'll have to um, you'll have to check out. We're we're starting doing a, an old live cast of uh, our post match thing uh, called oh, yeah. Brardy and Coke. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah another amazing name. Time. You boys with yeah. the names, fantastic. <laughs> Some great names, uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing a live one on Monday. If you fancy tuning in for that, that should be something nice consider. Yeah, it's I'll, an I'll, evening kick off. I'll yeah. be fairly busy, I think, after the game, but um, I'll try and catch. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can watch the. You can watch. Forgot the about that there yeah. for a second. I'll watch it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just so. for you, finally, Baron, have you got sort of anything coming up that you want to sort of share with us or tell us about any? any yeah, I mean, you look out for have because you the season is because the season. Oh, imagine, <laughs> imagine if you all had the luxury to write a book. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the season is so relentless, and it's basically we just go from match to match at the moment. So you know, you can obviously get Leeds news anyway you want to read it, but obviously we. We try and do everything we can live where possible. You know, he's going to speak to Bielsa tomorrow. So Bielsa's on at lunchtime. So if you want to check him, what he's going to say, we'll obviously have our live blog on Absolutely. Leeds Live. Um, and then 
going into the game. It's Monday night, in it? So we've got a long old wait for the game. But um, yeah. I tend to go live on Facebook before and after the matches. So you can, you know, you can find it on Facebook. You know, it's, it's out on Twitter yeah. as well. You know, we tweet all the links and stuff. But um, no, nothing, nothing, nothing extremely special. But yeah, just, just try and soak up the last few matches of the season um, with whatever you can. Uh, yeah, so just for good measure while you're on, Beren, um I don't know if this will go out before or after the game, but have you got a prediction for us? Well, I mean, how often do they do they surprise us? I mean, every time you write them off, they they dig something out, and Liverpool have looked definitely, um, I don't know if weak is the right word, but more um, more vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable is the right word, I think. And they have they have looked a bit better in recent weeks. You know, of course, they beat Villa, they beat Arsenal, but. It's Villa and Arsenal, and any any kind of Villa or Arsenal can turn up. Um, I think I'd take a two-two. Would you two? Would you take a two-two? Take that. I'm I'm after blood. I want to win, mate. Three-two then. Three-two lose. <laughs> Just want to say thanks for joining us. Um, to anyone watching, uh, thanks for tuning in again, and uh, hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And obviously, give us a, a like and subscribe on our usual channels: YouTube, Acast. Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, and keep a lookout for our, our regular main pods and our post-match Browdy and Coke. And Leeds Live and all of the articles and stuff that come with uh, following the account as well. So Thanks, Yeah, and we'll, um, we'll, have, we'll have links to, uh, to your Twitter yeah. and to Leeds Live in the uh, comments when we post. Cheers, guys. Well, so Appreciate that. We'll uh, give you a little all plug right. and all that. At least we can do. <laughs> yeah, taking right. up your time anyway. <laughs> it's been awesome. Uh, thank you very yeah. much, guys. And uh, Carl, I will see you later. And Baron, we'll have you on again at some point. See you soon, guys. Enjoy the rest of the season. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the independent Leeds United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Barati & Coke after match podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.